Hello listeners, Tom here, just with a quick preamble before we start today's show to apologise that even by hobby support group standards, the following episode is a little bit farcical. We had a lot of technical problems with Andy and his Skype connection. One minute he can hear us, the next he can't. One point he's even reduced to holding up notes to the screen. It sort of did derail the show quite a bit, but we sort of tried to muddle on through. Thankfully, John has agreed to come back on the show after this year's salute. So in May, we will have him back on for a proper chat. But before then, enjoy the show and thank you to our patrons for paying for this quality content. Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Hello listeners, today I am joined by John from South London Warlords and we are talking Salute, the planning, what goes on behind it, you know, life behind the scenes. Andy should have joined us today but he has been foiled by technical problems so you know he managed to beat the calcium deposits that has laid him low for a fortnight nearly but it seems the power of audio technology foiled him. You know we've been doing the interpretive dance on Skype for 15 minutes to try and work it out, can't, so today I'm doing it solo here with John. Thank you very much for joining us, John. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. At, um, I'm going to say cold Monday morning. It's definitely cold now. It's, 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 for Monday morning standards, it's not too bad. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely not a Vimto morning here. It's definitely a cup of coffee morning. But yeah. we will sort of crack on with salute. So for, I think, I would imagine it's quite hard to find a UK gamer who doesn't know what salute is. It's, it's an either like, sort of like in the diary Perennially, I don't know. Like um, Christmas. <laughs> like Christmas plus that sort of like January credit card bill, sort of like all, all sort of like thrown into one. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of... It, it is the highlight of the sort of wargaming calendar in many senses. I know that my dad, who has been wargaming since before the decimalization of currency, has been going to salute as long as his parents would allow him to go. So that is... That was at least 20 years before I was born, and it's been, he's gone every year he could. And I know there are members of the club currently who've been to every salute for the last 51 years. And it sort of is incredible that it still goes and it's still this big highlight event. Um, now, being for the first time being on the inside of that highlight of that national event, it is quite terrifying. <laughs> Um, I would imagine it is absolutely daunting, sort of like how big it is. Because I think, like, just going as a punter every year, you know, I go and like a lot of my friends go, and we we always find something to moan about. Oh, I could be doing this. It, it could be doing that. But I sort of think actually, sort of like the size it is is simply awe-inspiring. When you, it's, it's, I think it's like it's surprising to think how many. You know, gamers manage to sort of fit in a single space and go, actually, this is the size of our hobby where we are in, you know, a building the size of several aircraft hangars and we're it's, still squashed in like sardines. The, <clears throat> I mean, this year we've got um, we've got 230 people displaying overall, which is 130 traders, 100 and possibly more games. I think the only event of any comparable size is UK Games Expo. And that's over multiple days. And that's a sort of professional trade show. None of us on the South Lot, the Salute Committee, the people putting together, we don't take any money from this. 
apart from we make money from the club, but we are not paid to put this show together. We're doing it as an entirely voluntary basis. And it's um it's a lot of plates to keep spinning at the same time. And I'm sort of every even just watching it this year, I'm surprised if I had to keep doing it. But it is it's exciting to watch everyone from the hobby come in together and want to take part, especially after the pandemic and the sort of worry that we might not be able to do this again. I think that's something that's sort of like really I find very surprising is the fact that really it is put on by your club and mm. you are like primarily week in week out a war games club where people come and play games you just happen to also put run on salute, you know, yeah run salute it, it, it's not like you are an organization that just runs salute you, know, you are all a bunch of gamers who just as you said you know you volunteer to put salute on in your spare time despite I would imagine it being quite easily a full-time job for some of you almost or at least a part of an official part-time job for those of you on the committee each year. Yeah it's it is absolutely one of these things where you could quite easily we could as a club quite easily hand this over to an external group but I think we all feel <clears throat> that by running it within the club you keep a little bit of a touch of it a sort of community touch on salute be able to in, work across the hobby with people you know you don't sort of it isn't a corporate event you can treat it as what it should be which is a social community event to come and see your mates to come and see what they're putting on to talk to people meet traders and even treating it at the high level as that makes it gives it this personal touch that i think the show's always had since it was run in a pub around the corner from oval cricket club i think that's something that sort of like comes across in in, in the hobby in general though isn't it it's like i know like you know it helped by doing the podcast but just by attending shows and things you get to meet people like traders people who like run companies and stuff and they're generally like so enthusiastic about the hobby what they are you quite easily become friendly with them and then you know, you find yourself just sitting in a pub with them chatting toys or or chatting history and it, it just just have that community sort of like engagement and feeling across the whole hobby and i think if, if if you were just like farm it out to an event management company who didn't have that link i think it would sort of like definitely lose some of that sort of like connection absolutely i mean as see for listeners at home andy just rejoined the call having tried to do some technomancy and it failed yeah i think on the the community is something as somebody who has comes basically come through the hobby from being the kid dragged along to dad's show to being a member of the committee and doing things of my own right it is interesting and quite gratifying how open the hobby is in this sense to being to understanding that it's not just customers and stockers it's there's important links there and that you know you are you're selling something in many ways yes but you are also building relationships and i think that's a really important part of what we want to do at salute and with the south the warlords generally because as you said we are a normal wargaming club we're meet on monday nights we're we're open tonight which is not very helpful to a podcast that probably doesn't go out the same day it's recorded <laughs> no we should be out on saturday um, yeah so um if you can if you've got a time machine we're doing some cowboys tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh, uh andy is a, a a huge cowboy fan to, to the point that in our m monthly like hobby update thing we have to have an entire section called cowboy news 
where we chat about new cowboy minis. In fact, that's essentially ever. when is what a cowboy coming out? It's 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 it, it's taking more and more effort each week to find each month to find more manufacturers which are bringing out more cowboys, and it might be like. Such and such is bringing out like a gold prospector. Ooh, that, Ooh. <laughs> that's that's a val that's an important piece of news. Everybody must know. I can't argue with that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's <clears throat> sort of, especially in this sort of post-pandemic, in the sort of post-internet world, this sort of importance of salute as a trade show has been replaced very much by its importance as a community show. You know, we can get everyone almost everyone in the hobby in britain in one place can you hear us can you hear us now hear you all the hobbyists in the world in one place yes Yes. (laughs) i don't know if tom has told you about what's been happening to me over the last week as well i did not need um electronic engineering test on a monday morning (laughs) (laughs) i did say i did say we were nearly foiled by calcium deposits but then oh, I, John, do you know, I had, I had, um, I've never had it before. I, I, I got vertigo, Ooh. which you think, oh, it's a bit dizzy. It's like, no, like I've been on a Wurlitzer for like a week, just like in my room, in a dark room. So, um, I've, I've never had vertigo, but I have in various jobs had to deal with people who have had severe vertigo in situations where it probably wasn't great for them, such as in a restaurant. Or a pub, <laughs> and it's like, okay, you need to get in a cab and go home, but also you can't stand up. Right. Yes, I, I was on a, I'm capable of standing for four days, so that was entertaining. And when I say entertaining, I mean hellish. Um, where, where are we up to, boys? I've just ruined it again. Sorry, um, right. this is. I mean, I was sort of talking about how, you know, that when I, as somebody who is horrifically, I'm very sorry, everyone under the age of twenty five, um, I think I when I. That. Yeah. When I first had come to Salute when I was about 9, 10, 11, it was still then a show about this is one place you could go and buy everything. And I think one thing that we in the club and I've sort of noticed as I've grown up and going to the first couple of shows after lockdown is that now we've gone to this point where you can almost every stockist of Wargaming products has an has a decent online site, you know. Sure, if you buy a regular miniatures, you do have to send them an invoice and a check in the post. Yay, somebody else currency. who hates the regular website. Oh, no, it's okay. I think they have, like, I think it's all, they have a PayPal link there. It's very exciting. I, I'm, I think there are a number of Wargames manufacturers which are, are sort of like holdouts for, like, mid-90s websites. Or it's oh, like, oh, you, you oh. can order, and there seems to be, like, specific genres of Wargame like manufacturers which are even worse where it's like you can order them on like a tuesday afternoon if you come to the shop with a postal order you know like especially th- things like the p- people who make like tiny model like ancient galleys and stuff like that most of them utter nightmare to buy you need to I see mean, them in a show i know i know that oh, sorry, i know that peter pig is closed at weekends <laughs> yeah but <laughs> my favorite, <laughs> My favourite thing about Peter Pig always is that if you are going to the tank museum, you can just arrange to have your, your figures dropped at a flower shop. Which has got to be the most specific thing. Like, this seems ridiculous, but also statistically, people who order Peter Pig models probably go to the tank museum at least once a year. Oh, yeah. So actually, they've actually got on, they've got onto something here. They're onto what? something. Is it good? Who knows? What? 
I, I make the I, I refer to them as Peppa Pig so often that there it is now I think a, a <laughs> subsidiary of the uh, I mean, I remember when Heroics and Roth got an online um, an online car, you didn't have to send them an email being like, hello, I would like these things, please. Ah. It's, it's, it's great when you like you print off the PDF of all the codes and there's like no pictures or anything. So it's like, like please, like 147 strips of like AR1734 and then 18 strips of this. It's like, I, have, I, I, I hope this is right. It's like, anyway, uh, apparently that's what the 80s were like. I, I wouldn't know. Uh, I was a sprog. I'm uh, old enough. I remember the 70s. So sorry. Oh, I feel awful. But, <laughs> but I think you saw, I think... sorry no. to jump us actually back into salute. But what you were sort of yeah. saying. There, John, about like how you sort of seen it change and like how it's, it's changed since the pandemic. Generally, I think it's something that we've seen and it's definitely something that we've noted on the show before is how like shows the appeal of just going to a show to see what new has come out has in some ways sort of completely disappeared because of social media and everything like now people point up like you see the pre-renders or the, like the work in progress. So your stuff comes out and the, and also, you know, you can buy everything online and get sent to you so you're not looking all around so that the idea of just going to a show to go on a massive spending spree has sort of I mean, definitely for myself sort of gone but it's been replaced by that you go and meet everyone like especially salute I have like a number of friends who live around the country not every year but every couple of years they'll all come down to London for the day we all meet up yeah. it might be the first time we've seen each other since the last one and you know they're not all technically like massive war gamers they're all gamers of some degree like several of them are like big D&D players so like they will come around and you know they're looking for NPCs and that sort of stuff and they maybe not follow all the manufacturers to know what's exactly coming around so they see some new stuff from Empress and they go oh that's really going to be cool for like you know Victorian Cthulhu adventuring that sort of stuff is, is that something that you for like the inside have sort of seen yeah, happening over I mean, recent years I think that's definitely something I've noticed in recent years. I mean, my I sort of remember the first big show I did after the pandemic was um is it which was the one the big one in not Newbury Show in Nottingham? Is it color not colours, is it? Uh, I think uh, it might is it? I, I get them all mixed up. The um, one in the Newbury Show in the middle because I was on a long me and my dad were on a long drive down from Edinburgh and we were like, we're gonna take a break somewhere, so we'll go to a wargaming show because that's yeah. the kind of people we are. And my first notice there was, wow, this place is full for just now the pandemic. And two, this is a people aren't really buying a lot of stuff. They're just talking a lot. Yeah. And I think as somebody who is um, a massive Star Trek nerd and a Trekkie to be doing those conventions, it is interesting to me that where a lot of hobby and nerd cultural conventions have gone very corporate, in a sense that you go to a convention to see what's about to come out and see exclusives. The fact that the wargaming hobby's done the other thing and moved the other way, where going to a show or a convention is more about the community aspect, is interesting and also, I think, good. Yeah. I think the fact that we are looking at events less to, as a chance to sell. I mean, selling stuff is good. You know, if we don't, speaking of the committee member, if we don't sell salute, we don't can't run the club and that mm -hmm. becomes very difficult we have to move somewhere horrible like the bottom end of Dorking or something to run the club and I no one needs to go to Dorking um but it is at the end of the day a community event it's about saying this is what the hobby has to sh offer as a space to play and to improve your playing and to meet new people and meet new 
opponents. And I think that's more important in a lot of ways than, say, selling a lot of stuff. I mean, to the, to, to the traders who come, please do come because you, you make <laughs> a lot of it's money. It's pretty important to the traders. To we make stuff. a lot of money. But even for the traders, the social aspect is really important because you build connections there as well. You know, there are traders absolute who I would say I have had social connections with and known by face, if not by name, for at least 10 years. Fantastic. I know for me, in my household, salute is um, is very important. Um, there are three events a year that will definitely happen. One is Christmas. We're not skipping Christmas. My wife will go to the Country to Country Music Festival and I will join her. That's non-negotiable. But in return, <laughs> I am going to go to salute, <laughs> which is the month after. Um, I call it nerd Christmas because I get that excited. I'm like, would you rather miss Christmas or salute? I'd rather miss Christmas. I'd rather <laughs> go to salute. So, and it like absolutely, as, as Tom said, as I've as I've gone for more and more years, it's become more about the social aspect. I've met people, gamed them for like 30 years. And we've all everyone has like real lives. Um, and scatters around the country and just having the opportunity to get together at Salute is fantastic. And I missed it during lockdown. I missed it. And it was so good to get together and just hang out and talk about projects. I think we're quite an independent bunch, really, when it comes to, you know, in our little houses, doing our own little projects and painting our models. But we do get excited and a friendly bunch, a friendly bunch who want to talk about their projects and what they've been working on. So giving a, a, a location where people can meet, like Salute, from all over the country, it's just, it's just really wonderful. I mean, it's not just Salute. It's, you know, I think... As um, Tom was saying, is we're a, we're a proper wargaming club. You know, salute is just the thing we do on the side, which gives us all massive headaches. We meet <laughs> <laughs> we meet on Monday nights in Dulwich. We and that is the core of the warlords. We're not a club. We're not. We don't sit come on a Monday night and sit on a table and figure out salute, and then sometimes think about having a war game. We come on a Monday night and play a bunch of war games. And every once in a while, someone goes, "Oh, are we done this for salute? Yeah, great. Okay, roll your dice." That's, it's almost like a separate concern, isn't it? It's got it's so huge, and I think it's separate, so important. It's a separate concern, but it's not in the sense that everyone in the club is, in one way or another, invested in making sure salute is a great day for everyone. You know, as club members, we all put a hand into either man the desks and do the ticketing, or we're running around helping the traders. I mean, on the day, I'm going to be running around helping our new panel discussion stage, which um. Should be very exciting, hopefully. God, um, who have you roped in to do that? Oh, um, if they get back to well, um, some pe- couple of Osprey writers, um, some people who've been doing some competitive war gamers, um, mm-hmm. Britain's number one bolt action player. So yeah, he's they're gonna be, he's gonna be there. Um, we've got panels talking about painting and terrain construction advice, um, game design panels. It's sort of we're sort of testing the walls and whether we can sort of push this idea of you come to play game stuff, but also do you want to see hear people talk about you know? Yeah. Talk, and I think that's sort of interesting. We're trying this year, and I want to push sort of you know if you're struggling for a bit, come and sit down and listen to what people have to say because you know yeah. if you like it, I think it's a brilliant it. idea. Yeah, you hear about these large conventions in America and they have all these different aspects because there are so many aspects to the hobby. I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I mean, I've been 
telling you a couple of years now, the big um, Second World War, we have ways of making you talk fest. And the one of the things that's been interesting to me about that is, as a war game, you sit and these historians talk and you're like, I would want that salute. You would be able to go to salute and hear somebody, a historian, be able to go like, this is why the political rules are like this. This is why no one can ever agree on what the basis should look like, because we as historians still don't know what a Napoleonic column looked like. I mean, it sounds very dangerous to me, actually. You go in and hear a talk on, you know, uh, Napoleonic troops, and the next thing you're like, well, I need to go and buy about five boxes. <laughs> dangerous for you, not for us. As, like, uh, like with my historian's hat on now, um, I think it's, like, quite often, like, war gamers are able to go into, like, far more detailed minutiae than an actual historian is because you've quite often got the time and like the creative space to dedicate months if not years of research to something whereas like a historian especially if you're doing it for work have maybe not got the time things like if you're doing like a, a world war ii battle you're quite often as a historian working on paper strength rather yeah. than actual strength because you go well Technically, there should be like 27 people involved in this. I'm going to take care of that. You know, they're, they're, they're under strength, but I'm, I'm not going to work out that actually there's 17, not 18. Or like, has that cobbler got his MG34 or has he replaced it or has it been something else? You sort of, you, you're not necessarily having that time to sort of do that. Whereas a war game, it can go, I've spent, you know, X hundreds of hours researching it. So I even know what shoe size the second lieutenant it's of wearing if it becomes important. <laughs> I mean, as somebody who's uh, academically trained historian and approaching horrifying P um, the PhD track at some point in the next 18 months, um, it is interesting because I always re say that every his every war games rule set, historical rule set, is a thesis on history. You know, you look at mm -hmm. something like, I mean, the obvious stuff is chain of command is a thesis about what it's like to command a platoon, what is important, what isn't. And each Napoleonic set of rules is a thesis on what that combat looked like. And in that way, I think it becomes interesting looking at how I think that's the discussion. I think we I'd love people to integrate into Wargaming Pads that shows would be to sort of because I know that one thing I've liked is. You know, the Osprey have been working a lot with um, University of Edinburgh for Lion Rampant, which I say I, you know, Trumpet, mainly as a University of Edinburgh alumni who was involved in some of that testing. But that is sort of interesting that that's happened. It'd be really nice to sort of integrate that way. So I think something like the discussion panels we're doing at Salute would sort of go to trying to sort of link that whole, you know, you sit and you read your books and then you play, you paint figures and stuff. It'd be to build a conversation around that in a public space because you can go to salute and you can see a brand new set of Napoleonic rules and be like oh that looks nice but it would be really nice if you could go to salute listen to a Napoleonic historian talk about it see the figures and then walk home with 10 boxes that you didn't mean to buy <laughs> yeah which is what wargaming shows are for it's for saying you're gonna buy four okay. things and walking over 20 and you're and whoever's at home being like why the hell do you have all of that so and ex explaining you know especially things like Napoleonic rules explaining like the ethos and the de design things for why some decisions are made and like yeah you know what is it that the writer is trying to pull out that this that they don't feel is sort of represented in other rules because i think we have somewhere got a master document of of like napoleonic rules 
that we're sort of running and I think it's, it's now topped out at over 50 sets. I think that I think that that we've had recommended by multiple. I think the criteria is it has to be recommended by more two, more than two people have to recommend it, and mm-hmm. we're up to sort of three. I think over over fifty. But yeah. so um, you've sort of said that salute sort of doesn't really. It, it's you know it's in a way it's it's just something that your club sort of like happens to do. You know, shockingly, given the size <laughs> of it. Um, so could you sort of like just very briefly sort of like run us through sort of like what does that actually involve? So like from like the, the day after salute last year to sort of the day of the show that's coming up. So like, what does that necessarily involve? Well, that's not the sort of important part is that we, you know, you do the whole re-elect new committee, do all the internal democracy stuff, and then you basically sit down and go, right, we need to, we need to make sure Excel is happy with us coming back next year, put that on deposit for the hangar you can fit a B-52 in, Mm-hmm. And then you've got to basically gather all the traders, you know, who's coming, who isn't. You've got to pin them all down. You've got to start putting feelers out both within the club, without the club, for people who want games. Um, and it is this sort of waterfall thing where across the winter, you are sort of basically telling people, do you want to come do this? Do you want to come do that? And they're all going, yeah, you will think about it. And then the new year hits and it suddenly... Salute's coming. Yeah, we'd absolutely love to do this. We want to do that. We want to do this. And a lot of the first sort of four months is making sure there's going to be enough stuff in the goodie bag. There's going to be enough traders to fill a hall, that you've got enough tables for everything, that everybody's getting access to what they need in terms of, you know, do they need electrical power? It's all the sort of horrible logistics side that actually make, like, you know, we don't do logistics and war games tables. We should. But You've got to do all of that stuff between September and December to make sure everything is on board. It is a massive, massive headache and all props to Phil, who is our chief salute coordinator, who I don't know how he does it, but he does. He can, you know, he's fit 130 more traders and 100 games into that hall with very little room to spare. And he's even managed to coordinate. So, you know, we've got all of the two fat lardy games in one space. We have a large zone. And we've got, you know, we've collected all the, got like a section for uh, Vanguard Tactics to do sort of tournament practice, Warhammer, like training sessions. And we got, you know, we fitted space for the map for painting sessions. And I think we have a coloring book section this year, which I think every, every major event needs a coloring book section these days. I think that's really important. (laughs) Well, listeners, I think we've lost Andy again. Um. He was, he was there. Podcast is missing. Anything? Oh, yeah, you're yep. back again yeah, now. Back. Oh. oh, my Lord. Uh. <laughs> this, is, this, this is one of those podcasts. This is one of those interviews we've been looking forward to for doing for ages. It's been, it's been months in the planning and absolute shambles. This is absolute what shambles. they like to call in War Games rules friction. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Have you been rolling dice again, Tom? I think I've got a double I, one. Clearly, it's because Ed's not here. I, I need Ed to counterbalance it. I need I, I need Ed to, to to give me some better dice rolls. Um, I, I can't remember what I was saying. Yeah, my son's coming. I'm bringing my son for the first time. Um, he's very excited to come along, and he's eight. So if things get a little bit overstimulated in there, we can always go to the coloring zone. So, Tom, I might yeah. be spending more time coloring in than looking at toys of you this year, but we'll see how it goes. Well, I'll just have to wander about in a strop on my Todd. I just have to I just have to wear a HSG t-shirt and try and meet listeners and people go hello 
I prefer Andy and Ed, and I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone prefers Ed. What are you well, talking I mean, about? I know that, that is that... the other nice thing I'm going to say about Salute is people bring your kids, you know? Yeah. Get them involved. Get them stuck. And inflict it's, it's free, isn't it? It's free entry for children. Free entry for kids, absolutely. We've always got something kid friendly going on. You know, it's not just lots of blokes with gator buttons marching around on military guys. We've got, you know, there's always something kids do. We put a strong emphasis this year on trying to get a lot more participation games in the door. Well, that's, that's that's my plan. I haven't told Tom this. We always go together and we always have a meal afterwards. But um, the plan is that I'm I'm going to do a lot more participation games this year because obviously I'm going to have an excited eight-year-old who needs to be entertained and sifting through boxes of plastic tanks might not be as exciting for him as it might be for me. Just I one more know, box of tanks. Just one more box. I do know one of the games you should keep your eye out for is one of our committee members, who's, club members, is running a game called um, to their scattered bodies go, which is spacers fighting over rubble and asteroids, but the asteroids will spin with gravity. Oh, is, this, is this Troy's game? Yes, yeah. I don't need anything spinning right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got two months to recover, but it's very... for me, it's all, it's all still. It's not moving at all. What's going on? Um, talking about the participation games, if any listeners in the future... So like we're thinking 2024, I've got a brilliant idea for a participation game. I'd like to put that on. How would do they go about doing that? Because I know some of our listeners make absolutely stunning terrain boards and absolutely crazy games. How would they go about it if they wanted to bring a game down? Well, normally the opening sort of opens up, as I said, over the winter of the year beforehand. So we put feelers out to read clubs, we put feelers out on Facebook. Um, now we've got a nice new website for the 21st century. We're probably going to put links up on that next year. So instead of you having to try and figure out the horrors of Zuckerberg's Gordian knot, you can just go straight to a website. We'll have a file and sheet. You can put all your details in on there. And absolutely, if, you, you know, if you're struggling, we've got a get in touch thing with an email that sends you to a community member who can put you in the right place. But absolutely pleased to get in touch if you've got beautiful terrain, a good idea or just something fun. Please, you know, always drop us a message mm-hmm. um, or just come, you know, come down the club if you're in London on a Monday night and chat to us. We don't bite. We have free coffee. You know, everyone you bring, whatever you bring to salute is worth a conversation. And, you know, you every you walk around any war game show, especially something speaking to salute every minute. You just want to ask somebody, how did you do that? What did you do with this? Oh, why are the rules like this? I mean, you know, I once went to a wargaming show and spent half an hour talking with somebody who had built a 28 mil light cruiser to do the zebra raid. And he was like, it was things like the armor plating was made out of flattened tomato paste um, metal tubes. Tubes, yeah, just flattened yeah. out and painted. I was like, that is, and that's little things. So that's what those sort of little conversations that about the hobby where you learn little things and little tricks and we're just thoroughly impressed by what people could do. Absolutely. That's the sort of thing I want people to come salute and enjoy. You, you always discover something that you didn't know you didn't know. That's the great thing about so I mean, oh, I have a great time seeing the people I do know, but then I will meet people I've never met before and have conversations I never expected to have. Well, you, you also see miniatures that you never knew you needed. It's like, you know, oh, suddenly, you'll every see, year. You, you'll <laughs> see, like, you know, a unit of, like, 
snail cavalry ridden by gnomes and you sort of go sure my life definitely needs some like snail gnome cavalry in it improve anyone's life surely if it wasn't for if it wasn't for salute we me and my dad wouldn't have a massive collection of brigade miniatures six mil sci-fi tanks that we have yet to find a set of rules for that yeah, collection that, that, is six years old and we have no rules for it. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that, that there's probably got, to, there should be like a specific genre of like war game collecting for like the salute purchases for these are really cool. I will find rules for them at yeah. some point. I know, would you imagine there's probably collections of that going back? You know, it's, it's 52 years old, isn't it now this year? So there's probably, you know, many collections that are older than me. But I would imagine that people have got in their cupboards of opportunity for they will find a home at some point. I'm reasonably sure a lot of our six mil microarm was bought at Salute at some point in the late 90s. Yeah. So I'm slightly concerned about a collection of more wargaming models that are older than me, but I'm just going to run with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that we are going to see uh, an increase in small scale wargaming, specifically, specifically or specifically, uh, around about 12 and a half millimeter, because we've had epic ACW, we've had um, epic Napoleonics, we haven't got. And, in and we true, lost them again. And we gone. In true technical fashion. But I do, I mean, while he's fiddling, I do absolutely agree that that small scale, I mean, Joy of Six, one of my favourite shows of the year to go to. I've always, all my wargaming except has been six mil. My dad's a big six mil person. As a teenager, six mil allows you to do hobby stuff while not breaking the bank. So I've built, we've got six mil, everything from... 30 years war right up to World War II, we do in six. Um, I suspect that with other wars, we're doing a big open day in June. We just basically come, we just have the Churchill where anyone can come down, play a couple of games, see what we do when we're not running salute. I will have to definitely, I'll definitely come down to that and I'll have to come down on a Monday if you ever want it, some six mil gaming. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, I mean, literally next month, we're doing um, first EAP at our big game Saturday. I think we're sadly booked up entirely for that. Cause oh, we put it... I was going to say that, that would have been amazing. Oh, that's I can check if we got a space, but I think we've booked, because we're just doing, I think we're testing various bits of the, the whole front. We're just doing Hullavel and the Worcesters and the last stand along the Menin Road. No, we can't hear you. <laughs> We, we, <laughs> listeners, we, we, we have Andy's now reduced to holding up notes for us to see if we can hear. <laughs> this is going to be great if this wasn't an audio format. We do a monthly episode called The Gallery, where we describe people's miniatures that they've painted. The, <laughs> the, the, the audio, and, and this is the truly bizarre thing of the wargaming hobby. We also do a YouTube video where people can watch it. Twice as many people, it, no, four times as many people download the podcast to listen to us talk about miniatures then actually watch the youtube video where they can see the pictures so this is how crazy war gamers can be this is why i like the hobby because we're all a little bit like that <laughs> yeah i think just to like move us back to salute rather than me be called all melancholic about not being able to take part in first part of the Yeep game i think something that like salute has uh, definitely you know we've mentioned joy of six air which is a, a show andy and i also really like i think it, it, it salute is probably like the most like, it's definitely i think like the broadest reflected hobby show it's like it's i don't think many other shows which have like a lardy zone and then like a huge 40k zone mm. at, at the same time and also have like punters from you know 
and he's taking his eight year old kid to the traditional wargamer where you know i'm 40 and yeah i go to a lot, a lot of the more like historical wargaming shows and still feel like you know wargamer the next generation um because <laughs> I, I think you know especially something like joy of six it's an amazing show but i imagine the the average age of like the punter there is probably in the mid 50s um, I mean, being generous um, that's something that's great both about salute and south on walls generally is that i've gotten a lot of my own friends from school into wargaming by being like do you want to come to salute do you want to just do that on a saturday when you're like 14 15 16 it's like i, I don't know what's there and i think like, you will find something and I've, t- I've dragged, I'd say, across the years, about five, six friends along to Salute, and they've all kept, they've all picked something up, whether it's Warhammer or Bolt Action, or, you know, I have one friend who was not a big Wargamer, went to Salute, and now has a massive Microarmor collection, which I didn't see coming. Really. Yeah, it's, it's things like you, you take people, and, you know, oh, I don't like, I'm a, you know, they, they, they don't even like the concept of Wargaming because they don't like the idea of war, and yet they see something like Burrows and Badgers, or you go, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be fighting in the trenches or the Eastern Front or something. You yeah. can't be having a, a squirrel trying to shank a badger in the, you know, nicking But even, even at the club level, that's really important because when we, we had over last year a massive, bold, long bolt action tournament. We had people come across London to the club, friends of friends being like, do you want to come and take part in this? And they've all stuck around and now they're playing Napoleonics and American Civil War and you know, they're playing my Star Trek Starship Miniatures game and stuff like that because they've just seen it at the club and gone, oh, that looks nice. And I think Salute is that even larger. That You go to Salute to see two fat ladies and chat with them and then suddenly you see the really nice set of sci-fi rules that like, oh, I've never thought about this, I'll try that. Or you go for your Warhammer 40k to see a big game and then suddenly you see a bunch of English Civil War miniatures that really catch your eye. I think it's important to be able to put the entire hobby in one room, decide that could fit a couple of B-52s in it, and see what happens. See what you sit like, see what you don't like, and just discover something. I think everyone goes to Salute and always discovers something they hadn't thought they'd be interested in. Yeah, I think I think even, especially if you're sort of like a hobby butterfly, and you, you know all those things you just mentioned there, like you know some World War Two stuff, some English Civil War, some Napoleonics. They're all stuff I buy build paint collect and play with regularly so it's just like oh what's the new shiny toy for sort of things today and as a historical gamer being able to take friends along who probably play 40k and show them some nice you know historical stuff that they like as well go, oh these are nice models and then you know before you know it you're getting them to sign up to play war of the spanish succession um, not yet gotcha. i'm working on it and <laughs> You see, the War of the Spanish Succession brings Andy back from the, the, the Netherworld. That thing will bring you back. Like, doing <laughs> Head towards the light. No, they've got the War of the Spanish Succession there. Put the gators down. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much, John, for joining us today on what has been an interesting technical challenge to sort of, of, of chat to us. Uh, Thank you so much. We can't wait to for salute, and we will definitely be. I will definitely make the trip down on a Monday we'll be evening for sure to see you. Soon. Told you. It's been a pleasure, and um, if anyone's listening and hasn't bought their ticket, it would be very, very exciting for us all if you did that, because um, then we can keep running the show Hooray. and keep having these exciting conversations. And um, um, you get to come to salute, which is sort of the important point. 
would you uh, could you ask if you'd be interested in coming on after salute to sort of like ho- hopefully we will not have a technical nightmare afterwards oh. and we can sort of like have maybe a, a a coherent chat about like how the show sort of of, of went this year because I, I think oh like, I'd love to come back on obviously it's you know I need to come back on and talk about the the joys of six mil the joys of ten mil the is fifteen mil still small scale no uh, no I don't think so it's we, 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 it's middle scale a bit. it's middle scale middle scale the true fifteen middle and scale. twenty yep. and middle scale. Well, we, we are hoping in the summer uh, as a podcast to, to put on uh, probably late summer, like an actual like small scale, like day specifically in London for the, the 12 mil and below scales for, um, you know, heavily inspired by the Joy of Six, um, but legally distinct. Um, legally distinct, of course. I, I'm not <laughs> sure where I am in the summer. I might be poodling about in on the other side of the Atlantic, but I know that a lot of members of the club would be very interested in that. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, we, we're always happy to chat, and that would be great. So thank you very much again, John, and we'll thank speak you, John. soon. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. If, if I'm not down before April, we'll hopefully see you at Salute itself. Great. Goodbye. Take care, John. Bye-bye.